All right. Okay, you guys. Well, welcome. Here's the hack. Hello. Point. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> We're just getting going. I'm going to go over here into Periscope land and push start over here, and then we'll we'll get going. If you guys want to, um, you can watch it on Periscope as well, or stay on the phone. Whatever the easiest. You don't use up your data plan if you stay on the phone. You don't have to use up your your uh, data on your on your whatever iPad or your other phone. Okay. Well, all done. <laughs> Oh, and of course, my dog wants to go out right now. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the replay. Wow, that's a terrible picture of whatever that is. Hey, good morning Where, or good afternoon. It's afternoon, actually, here in the West Coast, too. So welcome for people that are coming in over on Periscope. Uh, welcome to you guys that are on the free conference call number. You guys that are on the conference call number are the ones who uh, you are in the challenge because you wouldn't have this number unless you were in the challenge. Uh, so that's exciting. I'm so grateful that you're still going strong after uh, 15 days. And I don't know, maybe strong is a um, a subjective word because <laughs> you might be feeling really weak about now and maybe lots of questioning, and that's okay. And, and it's funny, this week was the week we got lots of questions that came in, which I would expect um, just because it, this is when it starts to get real, right, for sure. And yep. so I'm going to really try and get to as many questions as possible. Hi, Valerie in Kansas over in Periscope. Yeah, say hi to one another. It's always good to know where you're at, your name. Maybe you guys connect with each other if you find you're in the same area. You never know. I saw that Amia Freeman is trying to gather up some people in the Atlanta, Georgia area to try and connect. And it's true. We're kind of this really crazy community of people, hopefully more and more. That's kind of our goal here. So for those of you that are coming on Periscope or watching on the replay, my name is Elisa Keaton. Uh, I am the follower of what God is doing in a ministry called Revelation Wellness. He started it. I'm just saying yes to it. I believe it, it's a new vision. It's uh, something greater, that food and fitness was meant for something greater. And our purpose is wrapped up in it, our call, our passions, um, the thing, the greater thing of your life, uh, this food thing, it's just so such the enemy would love to have us spend time wasting time, worried about what should we eat, what should we drink, right? And Jesus goes right to the throat of that in Matthew 6 um, when he does his big sermon on the Beatitudes. But yet we live in a culture that is so heavy information with this, so driving us to pursue or want something that looks good. And it is good. I want to always say that. There's nothing wrong. The body is not bad. Uh, food is not bad. But what we do with it, the affections of our heart, that's what we really want to pay attention to. So that's why we're in this 30 days called Clean Parting based on clean eating. So we've been looking at what the effects of clean eating are, why, why we'd want to eat clean, or why I, I said the, the world has stolen that term from God. He was the first one to give us those directions to eat clean, eat these fruits, eat these vegetables, and it's beneficial for us. It is the root of uh, nobody... Uh, died in terms of, you don't hear of, of scandal people having disease because they ate too many fruits and vegetables. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> I haven't heard one yet. I'm sure there probably could be, but, um, and it's true, you know, even uh, you have heard of people that have died from something called hyponitremia, which is too much water, which is fascinating. Um, so that even, and, and even something as good as water, because we go, oh, 
um, water is good. So in, we, we, in our defilement of our mind, we think water is cleansing me, so I need more water. I need more water. I need more water. And really, we don't need more physical water. We need a washing of the word to know when we've crossed the line of our food or our drink or our bodies or our money or anything becoming more important, the thing that we think is going to save us over the God who saves. Amen? So here we are in week two. I'm going to, um, I'm going to pray first, and then I'm just going to start firing off some questions. We have a lot of questions, and you emailed them in, so I want to try and get to as many of them as possible. Uh, there was also some reoccurring themes that we got in, in some of the questions today, so I will try and hit those and um, hit them hard. So if you are just stumbling onto this channel, if you just are grocery shopping, folding clothes, I think you're going to hear a question that's going to resonate with you. These are really good questions. How I put the topic of this, how, is losing weight by grace for freedom. That's really the end of it. And, and, and I also want to say, I think we live, as Tyson say, there's so much valor in losing weight. It's really interesting. Uh, unless you live in a third world country, <laughs> where you would really love to gain some weight. Amen? So it's weird how we have put such valor on losing weight and that God forbid that if we add weight that something would be uh, a disappointment or it would be uh, a loss to gain. You know, it's, it's interesting. So I always want to check our minds with uh, the end goal of this. We talk about weight loss, but it is about a freeing up of your heart and your mind, a lightness of spirit an ease to your step, an ease to your life, no matter what size you are, because the enemy will always, always tell you that you're not enough. That's his lot. You're enough or you're too much. You're not enough or you're too much. You're not enough or you're too much. So we just want to become aware of that, and only with a clean heart and a clean mind that's aligned to truth that's bigger than our reality are we able to really then go, you know what, it's not really about the weight. And I can settle in with the weight um, that I've been designed to carry for this season of my life, friends. Let me also say that. I'm talking about women. We tend to think there's a yoke that we always have to weigh a certain weight, um, that if we were to fluctuate at all, that it's uh, I'm winning, I'm losing, I'm winning, I'm losing. When really, um, yes, amen, Jess, uh, it, it never, it just, it's a game that we can't win. And our seasons of life are going to change. As we get older, we may gain weight, we may lose some weight, but the true measure of health is on the inside. How are your heart, how are you, how's your freedom? What are your thought? what's your thought life? What are you stressed about today? What's going on on the inside? That's where true health begins and the body is the fullest expression. And some seasons I am healthier than in other seasons. I personally am pulling out of a kind of an unhealthy season, which you would never guess that because you would look at my body and go, was she fit? And it, because my body isn't necessarily connected, I wasn't connected to what was going on in my internal health. I had some signs of digestion and issues that were not well. It was not well with my soul, even though my body might have looked that way. So I'm in a season where I don't even, whatever the weight is going to be, it's going to be, I just want to get healthy and well on the inside. And it's been a really powerful time of healing, and I have more clarity. I have more joy and obedience than I've ever had before. I have a little more distance from some of the behaviors that I was doing that I could say were justifiable. And I think we all have, we're all in somewhat of a transition season like that as well. 
All right, so um, let me pray. Lord, God, thank you for this community. Thank you for everyone on Periscope. We pray people would stumble upon it and hear the name Jesus. And, uh, God, that it would stir their hearts into affection for you and curiosity, God. We speak against our own pride and our own spirits that get offended and confronted and want to give up and walk away or want to just um, tune out and say, I can't do it, God. And it's true, we can't. We thank you that you're drawing us here by the power of your love and your Holy Spirit. We ask that you be here in full measure. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. So let me start off with probably with the two, well, there's probably some two or three big themes, and then I'll start to go through some um, smaller little questions. Okay, this first one was from Amber, and it was from some other people, and I'm just going to summarize them because the questions got kind of long. I thought, okay, here's the summary of the question. For those of you that have been 15 days, sugar-free or you, you, you've given up, you have sacrificed, you, you've done it. He's like, all right, I've made some serious changes. And even though I said at the very beginning, if I gained 15 pounds but knew Christ more, it would be worth it, I'm not seeing any weight loss. I'm not feeling the results. I'm not – I'm discouraged. <laughs> You're discouraged because you've been doing the right thing. Everyone take a deep breath and exhale. First of all, let me remind you, please remember, and I know this is going to make you so mad, and I, and I understand, and it's supposed to make you mad because it's supposed to confront your pride. Today's verse was that, what did it say? Does anyone know what it said? Anyone, anyone, anyone on the phone What or on Periscope? The end of the matter is better than the beginning. And patience is better than pride. Amen? The end of the matter. So patience, your pride, that's that part of you, that's that very ugly part of you, yep, Ecclesiastes, that wants results. It wants what is deserved. And your flesh is very much attached to your pride. Patience is this whittling away of pride and that's what God does in the waiting time in the waiting time right I, I'm coming here to kind of tell you those of you that feel like I haven't seen it not doing it well I also I want to align you with the same group of people that are going it's getting worse I'm getting sick my life is getting harder my um all this stuff all this crime is hitting the fan. Like it's not getting, it's not going the way I thought this would go. <laughs> Thanks for the heart. So everyone's like, yes, yes, it's not going the way I thought it should go. Friends, I, this is how God works. I've known it. I've seen it so often, and I see it in my own life. And we can even look at this from the book of Judges. And if we look at Gideon, I think it's in Judges 6. I want you to think about this. Gideon is hiding out in a cave. And he's threshing wheat with a wine press, which right there, when we are in a fear mentality, a poverty mentality, a shame, uh, in, a, in hiding out and keeping small lives because we believe our reality is just truth, we will start to use proper things improperly, right? He is threshing wheat with a wine press. They, they don't go together, but when you're desperate, you just It's like trying to have a thigh gap when you weren't meant to have a thigh gap. It's like trying to change your body into a shape. It just wasn't meant to be because you are desperate, because you are afraid, because you feel alone, and so you hide out in a cave, right? Now, this is a man who feels inadequate, 
who feels like he has nothing. He's just like getting by. Now watch. God shows up and God speaks and God declares. Now I told you at the very beginning of this challenge, you can watch all these replays over on Catch, uh, Catch as well. At the very beginning, I said to you that God, this is different this time. Why? Because God has spoken. I, I heard him say, tell them I have spoken. I have declared this. I have called these people into this challenge so they can know that's why it's going to be different this time. And Gideon, sitting in a wine press, all of a sudden God shows up and says to Gideon, Gideon, mighty man of valor. <laughs> right? I love it. God shows up and declares who he is, even though he's sitting and he has nothing about him that would look like a mighty man of valor. He's a fearful man. So he's inadequate. Hi, welcome, welcome. Um, and God tells him who he is. But now think about it. Tells him who he is, then sends him off to battle in his inadequacy, and he starts to pare down his army from thousands to 300. God does. God starts stripping away. So uh, this is what God does, friends. He takes an inadequate person or a fearful person or a person who doesn't feel like they've ever had enough. You know what he does? He goes, okay, now I'm going to give you more inadequacy. Now I'm going to give you more fear. <laughs> I'm, I always find it funny that I think we always say, God, just help me. And I, and I heard God say, Elisa, I've always wanted to help you, but first I want to heal you. And I would have never said I needed healing. I, I don't think I would have said that when I first set out on this following after Christ thing. I needed help. I would say, I need, God, I don't need you to heal me. I need you to help me. But in the healing is how he helps. And so he pushes more of this, this thing that you're afraid of, this thing that you really want to see the weight move, all right, I'm going to push against that because I want to heal you there. Oh, I'm sorry to tell you that all of you that are looking for results or all of you that are finding it's getting harder, it's because he knows what he's doing. Now, on a very practical level, so I want you to celebrate. Please, you have, your mind is not going to equate to the numbers on the scale. So if you're trying to find the number on the scale, you're like, why isn't it moving? What? Get, first of all, I really encourage you to get off the scale. And stop measuring, stop pinching the fat, stop trying to find the, the, the room in your pants. You are, why are you doing this? Why are you doing, why are you doing this challenge? And it goes back to the motivation of, I want to know God more. Or do you just want to lose weight? Because wanting to know God more is to clean your heart. Wanting to lose weight is how you, is um, clean eating. Just go eat clean, you'll lose weight. Eventually, you'll lose weight. And you work out harder and you burn the calories. Bye. I bless you and I bless you. Um, only because you're a distraction. Please, if you're here and you're just hanging out, um, just hang it back with your questions, unless you have encouragement for one another, but questions or anything like that. Um, or we're, we're going to get to it. This will be kind of a long periscope today, talking about freedom and weight loss uh, by grace, by God's design, not by man's plans. Amen? All right, so I just want to say that to me, whether things are getting harder or it's not happening, I think God is just kind of stalling out. Um, well, you can sign up by the, for the challenge by going to eventsrevelationmomas.org on our events page. Um, it's closed right now. We won't be doing a new challenge right away, but you can sign up on a list there. So this kind of pushback is 
just be patient. Now, on a very practical level, I will say this. First of all, it's only been two weeks. So theoretically, in the world of fitness and physiology, if you don't see a plateau, if you don't see something in two weeks, it's really not considered a plateau. Your body is trying to fight you on it. Your body has you have given your body such a sense of storage to sit back and to store things that it's not taking you serious. It's going to take a while. So two weeks doesn't really count. If after a month, I would say a month. And you're not, let's start with the measure on the inside. You're not sleeping better. You don't have more energy. You feel worse. Then we've got some issues. There might be something um, in your um, hormones. There could be something with endocrinology-wise. There could be something that's deeper going on, and we can trust God to reveal that then. But we're not going to just assume that right now at two weeks. It's still very early. Especially, are you guys doing the workouts? If you're doing the workouts and you cha- you've just done a lot of change, um, just hang on. Uh, and I, again, we didn't do any measurements at the beginning. I didn't have you guys weigh yourself. I didn't do. And and if you are weighing yourself, I told you to get off the scale every day. It's not going to happen. Yes, yoga thirty was today on the workouts. Amen. Uh, so your body just let it settle in. It's only been two weeks. After a month. And, you're, and, and, again, keep redirecting your heart. If you start gravitating towards why am I not seeing the numbers move, why is it still worse, move your heart back to, all right, God, but I trust you. God, I trust you. I repent of my pride, which right now is bigger than my patience. I need you, my, give me your patience. Love, joy, peace, then patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And I believe those all, I believe the fruits of the Spirit are listed kind of in a succession of how, they they flow from one to the next. It starts with love. And from love, you want, if you know you're loved by God and God loves you, you will have great joy and you'll have great peace. Love, joy, and peace. Those are the big ones, right? We see at Christmas time. Love, joy, peace. Faith and hope. Love, joy, uh, joy, love, joy and peace. The next one is patience. Patience. Be patient. Because you have all this love, joy, and peace, we tend to go, okay, God, now why aren't you moving my circumstances? Why aren't you changing things? Why aren't you doing what I want you to do? And he's just saying, I'm going to need a lot of patience because faith flows in the waiting time. He's not a genie. He's not here to grant your wishes. And that's the end. I want to end up, wrap up that question with the fact that please remember, if your legs are working, if you are breathing, um, and your body, you know, you, you have reason to give thanks, you're doing great. <laughs> You are wealthier and healthier than a majority of the people across the world. So don't become so myopic in your view of why isn't the scale moving? Why am I Remember, the enemy has spent so much time confusing you and trying to cloud you with what you should have, what you should expect, all making the story all about you, that God's doing something greater. He's taking your eyes off of your flesh and putting it on your face. And he wants to increase your faith. And all I know is increasing faith always takes time. It's a patient day after day after day walk. All right? So for those of you in having hard times, those of you feeling like nothing's moving. Um, and kind of study Gideon. It's just funny how he, he presses into the inadequacy, presses into the fear by giving him more fear. I would be more fearful. You're, wait, I'm a fearful person, and you're now going to tell me to go to – you keep taking all my help away and you're going to send me to war? Yes, 
because God wants to show you his glory. So if it's getting if it's getting worse or you feel worse and it doesn't feel better, it's because God so loves you that he wants to show you. So repent of your desires of what you want him to do for you. All right, next question. This one was from, um, let's see, actually. Oh, shoot. Well, I'll do the second. This one's from Kaylee. She asked, is it okay, hold on, is it okay to uh, research health and fitness and diet? So she was saying, like, I really, I kind of have a passion for this. I enjoy it. I, I like learning this stuff. Um, but she also knows that it can snag her, that she can take it off into a vein that is, can become unhealthy. So she's like, so should I just, what should I do with this? Well, first of all, let me say for those people that feel that, um, Cole, uh, first of all, you're probably a Revelation Wellness instructor in the making, so I really hope you come through training. Uh, that's your design. You're kind of bent towards that. You have some interest there. You have some, it excites you. Don't you dare feel like, oh, I have to be afraid now. No, I would say with every piece of information you're trying to look at or you read, first of all, um, have you read the Word of God that day? Do you crave more knowledge in health and fitness than you do God? So if that's happening, ask God to redirect your heart. Seek him first, and all these other things will happen. Uh, I gosh, I have so many stories of people that were in their profession that then just kind of shifted their gaze, meeting one of them, shifted their gaze, and then, they learned so much more under the teachings of Christ in relationship to how they've been made and the passions in their heart that God unlocked wisdom for them on doors that no man could unlock. So make sure you go that way first. But certainly spend time with God. Reveal, do that in, in your love for him. But don't deny that. But if your heart is already set right in God for the day, then, then you go about your design of the day. Then you go and Read a magnet, read whatever, whatever, and look into it. But you always have to come back to, is this becoming more important? Is this causing more fear in me? you got to know the difference between fear and wisdom. They tend to, they tend to walk along. But fear is, you feel like you now have to, um, I feel like, that's why I said that before, Dr. Oz to me, I really predicate that show now on fear because everything is, take this supplement so this doesn't happen. Take this supplement so this doesn't happen. And it's like, it's every day changing, new information. So you have to be real careful. So I would say just when you pray or when you're doing your research or when you find that stuff, just ask God to cover your mind. In the name of Jesus, on my mind, on my heart, and you can start to look at those things without getting carried away into a, or swept away, I should say, by fear or overwhelm or um, obsession or concern like that, okay? So I hope that answers that question. Never deny your design. Please, Satan wants to get you to run away from it, fracture you from it. Uh, it's in your design. Enjoy it and, and ask God for a discerning mind. All right, this is the next. Um, <laughs> the, Jennifer asked this question. I think I just pretty much um, answered it. She said, is it normal when deciding to follow after God? like putting sugar and junk food on the altar, to be bombarded with doubts, lies, and excuses. I find myself giving into the enemy's tactics for getting me to stay in his, and getting me to stay in a stronghold um, of running after freedom and clean hearting. So it's kind of what I it's saying, how things got worse. <laughs> Is it normal for things to get worse as I start to follow God? Yes. How, everyone hearts, but you're still on Periscope. Show me 
hearts, if you, if this is so true, things get worse. I decided to follow Christ, and I did not win the million-hour sweepstakes. It got harder. It, it does. He, I love how God, God just goes, it's a little bit of a honeymoon phase, I think, but then it's time to go to work because he doesn't want to waste time anymore. He, he wants to get after the masterpiece of you. And when you, when you take your hands off the scalpel and go, okay, God, chisel away. He's, all right, let's go. And then we go, no, stop, it hurts too much. And it's exactly what you want. You guys just press on. And remember, it's not about the weight. It's about him. Fix your gaze on him. Flood your mind, your heart with worship. That's why I love the workouts. Move your body. Get over yourself. And you'll find the joy will just come flooding in and you won't be so um, so downcast, I guess we can say. All right. Uh, this next question is from Mackenzie. She basically is saying um, she's hungry, <laughs> very hungry, uh, because she started taking away some of these um, sweet, you know, quick fixes of food, which, which really what, that's what sugar does. You're hungry. Boom, you put something in, satisfies for a minute, but then you're hungry again, so boom, you put another one in, so it creates the cycle. But when you pull sugar out, yeah, okay, good. I'm glad to hear you're a little hungry, everyone. If you're hungry, yes, stay hungry. Don't say hangry. I don't want you angry. You can be hungry. Yes, it's normal to have this kind of void. Yes, yeah, 8 o'clock after supper, hungry. Um, yes, that is, it is very, very normal. And that's why it's called fasting. That's why it's fasting, everyone. This is a season of fast. For those people that are shutting down sugar, for those of you that have done this with I don't eat sugar, I don't, then you're in, a, you're in a place of, oh, I think I, I'm going to free myself up a little bit to trust that I can have a, a piece of cake or a cookie. Or if, there's, if there happens to be sugar in this thing, I don't have to freak out. I'll be okay. Um, but for those people that have been kind of are pulling back from all the processed foods and refined foods, yes, it's normal to be hungry for a while, but let me tell you how you want to curb that. A lot of it is to put more protein and produce, (laughs) protein and produce, protein, any form of protein. Protein has a really great way of satiating. Um, and so meat, nuts, I eat more nuts and seeds these days. And I quite enjoy them. I do find it's quick. My husband off. My husband doesn't like being um, like messing around with food. He just goes, I wish they would invent a food pellet. So he just wish he just wants to get on with his. He feels like we spend so much time having to eat. Um, but truly, nuts are kind of food pellets in a way. Like it'll satisfy you. Some of you talked about. Yeah, you feel like a squirrel. Some of you have done bars. Uh, bars are fine. I'm not a big fan of bars only because there's so many weird ingredients in them. Um, but you can find some really good, just simple bars. I've done Lara bars before. Um, I found some other little things at Whole Foods. You can just kind of experiment and find basic stuff that's just mushed together, really. Yeah, you're in it with Simon. You want food pellets. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, get some things on Periscope here if you guys have some um, You have some suggestions. So I do want to say this. Uh, and she also talked about how she's pulling out dairy. And dairy tends to be one of the things that we find more, especially dairy and bread. Isn't that very breakfasty, everyone? Dairy and bread. It like, seems like something you have at breakfast. I have found my breakfast have turned into a little less 
breakfasty and more kind of just savory. I will have um, uh, what do you, arugula salad for breakfast. I'll do an open-faced egg over arugula salad um, with some tomatoes. So it's almost more savory than sweet. I, I have a, my childhood tooth, my sweet tooth from a child was started at breakfast. I always had sugary cereals or a waffle with syrup or that's my childhood. And so I've had to retrain my taste for um, something a little bit different in the morning. I love kombucha. I'm sure you guys have seen that lately. Um, uh, if you don't know what that is, you can follow me over on Facebook, and I think I have some on Instagram. But I like to drink my kombucha in the morning. is just a, that sweet, a little bit of a sweet that then I can eat my savory breakfast with. So some people have lentils for breakfast, beans for breakfast, spinach for breakfast. So trying to get more protein in the morning, and you can do it. It's just going to be found more in savory foods. And remember, in the end, um, it's fuel. I want to feel good for the day. So it's possible with your hunger, just up your protein, up your protein, up your produce. And then, of course, um, good fats. We talked about fats like avocados and peanut butter and things like that. Yeah, there's some good stuff going on in Periscope. We have some suggestions. All right. Uh, next question is from, this is the other third theme. Here's a big one. I'm glad I'm getting to this one. It's from Amy. And basically, she's asking about how do I get my kids and my husband, my family on board with this? I want, I want this for my family, and I still get it because it's easier when everyone's saying, this is what we do. It's just much, much easier. Um, I get it, especially when you've, been, you've had kids and you've kind of been doing it a certain way in your house with kids and they just like to eat what they eat. So here's what um, they're just asking suggestions, and, and here's, here's what I did in, in my house. Um, yes, someone just wrote it down. Melanie Melody just wrote, time for a family meeting. Amen. It, and, and not a family mandate. You're not putting an order. You're just saying, I just want to, can we talk? And you sit them around and we taught you, I really think you want to invite them into the conversation. Listen, they're getting some of this education at school, a little bit, I hope, and some at schools more than others. They know it. They know in them that an apple and grapes are better than goldfish and Cheetos. They know. That's the cook back to the conscience of the man. But they, they want what they want. They're just a little version of you screaming for their rights. <laughs> and, yes, it is time to teach them. Now, here's what I, would, I have done in my home is I have to say, um, oh, thanks, Cody. You're so sweet. Hi, Cody. Follow Cody, guys. You get more good teaching with Cody as well. Um, loves Jesus and has lots of good uh, health background. So with my kids, all I did was um, – I told them, like, it's just time. Like, we're just, we just need to do this. A family mommy's stomach has been sick, and my husband was kind of looking into it, too. And they weren't all gung-ho, but my kids, they're older. They're 14 and 11. They could kind of reason a little bit more, although they also are, could just make their own choices and say, forget you, Mom. I'll go eat at Lauren's house. But I think we have such a good relationship that they trust me, and they know that I want the best for them. Um, but I did say we're, I'm going to change what I shop, um, but you guys get to say. So what I would ask them, what, what's the food that you really like? Like what is it that you really want? And they would tell me, and then I would give them some healthier options instead. Uh, so, for example, my son really loves 
Ritz crackers and cheese. And not the spready cheese, but just normal cheese slices. Sometimes too bad, but he loves dairy. He, my son loves dairy, but then he's finding out how much sugar is in dairy. He, at school, happens to be learning a lot about health right now. He's in a health class and sugar. So he's now becoming aware, thank God, um, about it. But if it was, if he was younger, I would change his cracker to more of a whole grain cracker. I would pull out the ribs. I would find him a simple whole grain cracker. And I probably, in terms of cheese, you know, cheese is one of those things. It has great calcium. It has some benefits for young kids as well. I would just watch how much of it I was giving him. And then I would always, food combining is a really good thing too, is to give them some fruit along with this um, cheese and crackers. So you just balance just get switch it a little bit. Don't fully, if I can tell you parents, don't just pull the rug out from underneath everybody. Don't, just, don't become the food police of everyone. The other day, my son became so, he's so aware now of how much sugar is in thing, and so he's really kind of interested in it and learning it, and he told himself he's not going to have any sugar. So I'm like, okay, son, I'm always telling him, great, obedience, great, but stay free. We're going to stay free, so don't ever feel like you can't or something terrible is going to happen if you have sugar. And we were driving home, and he had a big day at school. He had a big test. It was one of those days, and he said, I really... Um, I really, really would like Dairy Queen. <laughs> and he, that's like his favorite thing. And he hasn't had it in like a month. He's like, but I'm not going to do it. And I said, well, why, why not? He goes, because I promised myself I wouldn't. And I said, totally. I go, I, this is, this is dialogue. Remember, it's not about the food for them either. There's something going on in their hearts too. So you can go after their hearts in what, what they're asking for. What do they really want? But that is, that is it's just in from the Lord. So when your kid kicks back and says, why are you not giving me what I want? I hate this or whatever. The brave parents will be willing to kind of rumble with their kids' feelings, not just say, because I said so, because it's good for you, because I know best. Don't just do that. That's like just, that's throwing water on a fire. Go over to the fire and say, and start to ask, what, what is it? Like, what are you feeling right now? Use them to start, especially boys, like, what, what are you really feeling right now? Why are you so angry about it? Sometimes they can't articulate, but you can help them go after a feeling that's connected to what they really want. And in the end, press into them how much you love them and how wise they are and how reasonable their minds are and, how, and, and make them something in exchange. Like, make them something. Don't just tell, well, go get it yourself. Like, serve them something. They might take it, they might not, and just be unoffendable in your spirit. And at some point, parents, either the tail's wagging the dog or the dog's wagging the tail. You, you make a decision. <laughs> You're going to decide, I love you, but always with love, not as the food police. Always just go, God has entrusted me with you, and I, it's my job to care for your body, your mind, your soul, and your spirit. It's my get-to to raise you up. And one day when you leave this house, you will make all the choices for yourself. And I hope I did the best I can. And I trust God with you. But for now, God is trusting you to me. So can you trust me? Trust me. Then I say, brush your teeth. Trust me when I say, eat some fruit. Eat this instead of that. And you can have a little bit more. End of story. I ended up, my, my son was really afraid to have the ice cream. And I said, oh, well, then no, we're going to go get some. Come on. And I took it. And because I know, I also know my son's bend. He likes rules. He loves rules. Remember, I talk about know your bend. Know your bend. 
And that way you can keep pushing into them and keep them malleable and flexible. All right, that was a long answer, but that was a really reoccurring one this week. I saw people going, what do I do with my family? How do I do this with my family? Because you really, either you're feeling the benefits and you want them in too. Okay, yes. Your son likes rules too. Okay. Avoid the black and white. That's really the takeaway I want to say for families. Avoid the black and white. See if you can meet them in some of the places. Negotiate with them a little bit. Um, but earn their trust um, and get after their feelings. Why, what's really behind this grumpiness of not having your Oreo cookies? Someone asked, Alyssa asked, um, can she comment on Periscope? You should be able to. On this, it's open. When we do the workouts, it's closed because I don't want weird comments. Um, so I do close them, and I can get you to if – if I'm not following you, you can't comment. So if you want to be um, commenting during the workouts, you just have to keep emailing info at revolutionwellness.org, and we'll get you in. We just get a lot of those for the workouts. Let's see. Heather says, oh, just a couple more questions, and then I'll open it up. Heather asked, her, her email was basically uh, kind of like how, it just goes back to this having self-discipline while living under grace, like what does this look like? And so she tends to think to herself, she bends more towards the clean, knowing that clean eating is good for her, knowing it, but then having a temptation and then just being thrown over to the other side, and then she'll just binge and eat whatever she wants. And, but then she knows that she's called, so she'll swing back and forth. But she said one of the problems is that she finds that when she's over here clean eating and knowing she feels better, knowing when she's making the better choices, that then she starts to go, <laughs> it's just funny too, she starts to think, well, then will I never have cookies again? Well, then should I never have it? Because like, clearly I can't seem to have it without going off, on a, off the rails. So does that mean I should never have it again? She kind of answered her own question, and she goes, well, I guess I, would never, I can never have it again if God says so, which is the truth. But here's the thing. God speaks for today. He speaks in today. He, he never, he's not going to tell you for the rest of your life what something would look like. Now, wisdom, if you're an alcoholic, would say probably best that you just stay away from it. Because alcoholism will shift and change your ability to reason, to function, when you've had too much. So my thing, sometimes some of these things, you go, no, it's not worth it, but that's it. Ask any alcoholic. It's a day-to-day choice. It's not, well, the rest of them, they can't even imagine scoping out their, or scripting out the rest of their life. It's too overwhelming. And actually, that, trying to do that will turn them to drink. But instead of going, no, I'm feeling pretty good today. And I'm, I'm going to stick with today. Food is very different because we have to have food. I don't have to drink wine. I can say no to it if, you know, it's just not worth it. I'm good. Been there, done that. Hmm, trips me up. I can say no. But harder to do that with food is you go, to, you go to parties. You go to different places. You go to church. That was another question for, that was asked. How do we do this in church, in church environment? Um, but going back to this, does this mean for the rest of my life? <laughs> I think I want to avoid everyone from scripting out the rest of your life. Somebody in obedience in this challenge was saying how they, they hadn't had meat in a couple of years, but they asked the Lord how they want them to eat, and they heard the Lord say, we want you to eat some meat. 
which that is so holy. I've, I've known people that have gone in and out of seasons of I do eat this. Oh, I don't eat that. And that's why don't buy a book that's going to tell you what to eat. Ask God. He knows, considering the season that you're in. And so she started going, I can't believe I'm going to eat meat. And I, thought, I said to myself, hey, stop seeing yourself at the head of the barbecue table pigging out on meat because that doesn't sound very appealing to you. But that's what we do in our head is we go, oh, my gosh, I'm going to do this the rest of my life and be eating meat. I can't imagine eating meat. It's like, how about just go have a piece of meat. Just have a piece of fish. Let's just start there. <laughs> You guys, God is so delighted in us. He just wants to do day-to-day with us, moment-to-moment with you. So do not script out, well, I guess this is forever. I really, truly believe you'll avoid the binging and you'll avoid the controlling if you pay attention to what's going on here. What, what, what am I feeling? What, what am I thinking? Um, have I not eaten in six hours, so now I really just want to, feed my face anything, what did I, what did I not do that I, I needed to do, right? Check in. Check yourself. This is this kind of Brene Brown. She's a, a researcher, and she researches on um, vulnerability. Talks about you have to be the vulnerable who are the brave, which to me the vulnerable are the brave, and the brave get healed, and the healed are free. Amen? Vulnerability means, huh, I don't have my coping stuff. I don't do what I usually do. I'm totally vulnerable here. That's brave of me to not pick up my next thing and do what I usually do. And when I do that, I can invite God in and God can heal me and then I'll be set free. So when I, when I do that, that's just this kind of day-to-day walk that he wants to do. It's very simple. It's very, very gracious and gentlemanlike. Amen? I'll say it one more time. Vulnerability, which you're all in right now. That's why you have so many questions. You're like, ah. Vulnerability is to let down your walls. It's to take off your mask. It's to put down your weapons. It's to confess that you don't have what it takes, that your thing is not working. When That's a vulnerable statement when you can say, I'm a mess. <laughs> this thing is not working anymore. I need help. The vulnerable ask for help. It's funny how we're, we're more comfortable asking for help from God than others. Amen? But we'll ask for help from God. And God goes, great, we'll start there. But vulnerability is bravery. It's the brave do it. It's courageous to take the walls down, to confess. So surrendering to God is the strongest thing anyone can do, stronger than any leg press, bench press, anything. So the vulnerable the bra- are the brave and the courageous. The brave and the courageous get healed by Christ. Those who set their gaze on Christ. Now, without Christ, I can be brave and courageous, but again, it's just more of me. <laughs> more of me, muscling up, more me. More of my diet plans, more of my, my self-control, but I'm calling it a holy self-control. So I'm not going to be that old me anymore. I'm going to be this new me. We need a savior. So the brave and the courageous let their walls down. Christ comes in and says, great, now I can reach you without all your walls up and you were keeping me away. Now I can come in and I can love you. I can show you your design. I can show you what you're created for. And now I can heal you. And when I heal you, you're set free. That's it. So 
stay vulnerable, which means to stay teachable and available. Um, I pray for pizza, too. I bless you, and I block you. Goodbye. Um, one of my favorite things to do is to bless and block people. Is that bad? <laughs> I'm glad they're here, but don't be a distraction. All right. Don't, don't lose sight of the point is really what I'm trying to say with this vulnerability which moves us towards freedom. Amen? Okay, here's a, I think the last question and then I can open it up. And I try to keep this Wednesday call. I think I'm, again, I always think I'm breaking the rules of, of um, uh, breaking the rules of Periscope here because this is a long one. No, really do bless them, though. I'm glad they're here, but I want to bless them. I want them to know Jesus. I just, I don't, I just don't want them um, taking up space in our minds. All right. Susan asked, this is such a great question, Susan, and I so am you. I get this. She basically said, on the keep it simple, silly principle, how do I prepare quick food? And I, if it, if it, to me, I'm the same way. If the um, recipe calls for more than four or five ingredients, I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> or that's like, that's going to be the pinnacle meal that I'm, that's like me running a marathon. I got to train up for that. I'm not the best cook. I don't, I don't get so excited about cooking. Some people really do. Awesome. Get your ingredient list out. Go do your thing. I love it. I'm glad you love to cook. Cook for me. I'll come over and I'll eat. But I'm not, I'm not big. I tell you guys, every night I put dinner on the table for my family and I go, another miracle. I literally, every, every night, another miracle. Because I don't, I don't want to cook. I really want it to be easier. I want it to be convenient. I want it to take work. You would love to cook for me. I would love for you to cook for me. Did anyone see that Instagram post I was going around? Like if you could pick a chef, a cleaning person, um, somebody else, I don't know, or a shopper, personal shopper, what would you pick? Hands down, I would pick a chef, cook. Somebody cook for me. I'll even clean my own house more if I had somebody cooking for me. That would be awesome. Hands down, chef. All right, so Susan asked, how do I prepare quick food? Uh, here's what I know. Four ingredients. Well, three mainstay ingredients. As far as dinner, we'll, we'll break it down. Breakfast. Simple. Uh, like I said, protein of any kind. I, I do like, I actually probably the most cooking I do is a breakfast because egg whites. I, I do love eggs. But you can hard boil them to eggs. Have them there. Boom. Parboil egg, sriracha sauce or something on it and hit it. Some, some people are putting dashingdish.com. Uh, she has tons of easy recipes. So there you go. Write that down, dashingdish.com. Thank you for that on Periscope. Anyone else know some other easy sites? There are some sites out there that specialize in four ingredients and done. But I have found I, it's in me. I can make really simple stuff. I just go this, this, and this. So um, how hard-boiled eggs or eggs of any kind ready to go. Um, turkey, turkey, just turkey meat. And I'll do turkey meat with, um, like I said, thrown on some lettuce. I'll just wrap it up 
And I mean, I've done so simple that it'll just literally be a spoonful of um, peanut butter in my mouth <laughs> of, uh, or almond butter. I like almond butter better than peanut butter. Boom. And my turkey and some lettuce and maybe a tomato. I, mean, I just kind of grab food. I don't dress things up very much. Um, and kombucha, which I, again, I try it usually in the morning. I like a simple something to get my tummy going. But anyways, I just, I grab things. But as, when it comes to lunch and dinner is when you kind of start cooking more. Um, yeah, there's some good stuff going over here on Periscope. Um, pre-made crockpot meals, chicken and vegetables. Yeah, plenty of meals, totally. Plenty of meals is always going to help. But even then, um, my lunch is always some type of protein. I love, oh, back to breakfast smoked salmon, which I'll roll that up in some tomatoes um, with even arugula. I'll just roll it up. Tomatoes, arugula, salt and pepper. Every kitchen needs these four things. Salt, pepper, uh, extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, which I do a lot of cooking with coconut oil, um, and then just seasoning, sriracha. <laughs> Sorry, I'm adding to my list. Because my kids will put that on sweet potatoes or sriracha or, or Tabasco or any type of a chili sauce. Um, and I do love the um, seasoning flavor god. Has anyone ever heard of flavor god? That's a seasoning that you can put on anything. So when it comes to dinner, literally my dinners are piece of meat, protein of some kind, fish, pork chop, um, taco, uh, grill, you know, ground chicken. I figure out what my protein is. I always start with my protein. And my proteins, I don't get crazy. It's literally rubbed down with EV, uh, extra virgin olive oil, coconut oil, salt and pepper, and maybe some flavor god, which I really like. So look into flavor god or, yeah, salsa and guacamole. Um, that's another thing I'll do at breakfast. Salsa and guacamole, take my eggs, boom. It's almost kind of weird, but it's just really simple. I don't make a lot of stuff. I just eat the food that I have and throw it together in combinations. But I do make dinners, like I said, for my, my kids. So it's a, some type of protein that I salt and pepper it and um, some produce and often two produces of some kind where I'll do like steamed broccoli and some roasted. So steaming and roasting, that's another thing that you can create some variety, but it's easy. You're just cooking them differently steaming and roasting, or my kids love edamame, so I can make that really easy. Some, um, it's like red pepper flake edamame, garlic edamame, super easy. Three ingredients, garlic, red pepper flake, extra virgin olive oil. Cook it up, done. Um, but this is pretty much, that's a, a protein, a produce, a produce, and then um, often a grain for them as well. I'm just right now being a little less on the grain side for, for me, so... It's, that's it. That's truly, truly it. My probably the biggest meal I make. I can't even think. I think I make I make meatloaf, ground turkey meatloaf, and that has like eight ingredients in it, like an egg, some bread uh, breadcrumbs, whole wheat breadcrumbs, uh, an onion, some sage, salt, pepper, garlic. That's it. <laughs> there you go. Am I blowing you all away with my culinary skills? Um, I have, there's two questions left. What do I do at Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving is actually a really easy meal if you stop and think about it. It's the same thing. You have a, a big, big protein, 
big piece of protein, then you have some grain, which is usually stuffing or something like that, which you can make. There's, um, there are whole grain uh, stuffing recipes out there. I encourage you guys to play around with them, try them out. And then a vegetable, like it's pretty much the same meal. But they dress it up with a lot of um, dressings and layers of cheese and, right, take the sweet potatoes. Oh, my gosh, my mom makes sweet potatoes. I don't even, I don't, I think it's a violation of design for sweet potatoes. They're like more marshmallow than they are sweet potato. If you were to see my parents, you would not, you pray for my parents. They're, they're getting healed still, but they, they, I think I'm an alien. I don't know where I came from. Very, very, very different. <laughs> but no, really, and they're at the age where now, based on what they eat, it's their health is in a quick decline. So I get it. For those of you that are like, how do I get my family to change? You, just, you really can't. You, I think your kids have a better chance once they're out of your house. Like my parents are, they're out of my, I can't control them. They, they make their choices. All right, Jennifer said, why is it so hard for me to deny myself the false feeling comfort of food oh this is a really good question ready everyone why is it so hard for me to deny myself the false and fleeting comfort of food why is it so hard for me to okay why what but i'm able to resist the selfish urge to get angry when my son wakes up at 5 a.m yet when three o'clock rolls around the call of the third piece of buttered toast is simply irresistible so what you think is it easier for me to resist like my heart, I'm I'm doing the right things with my. I feel like I'm doing the right things in my heart. I don't get upset at my son. I help people that are in need. I resist the temptation to curse. Whatever. She's like, I can do this thing, but when it comes to my my ability to resist the temptation to have a piece of food, I can't. So here's what I totally just heard from what she is so able. She's doing works. Um, spiritual works and that's what we do that where there's something there where we feel like we're we can control or that's a way like I have control here so I will I will control myself here I have control here I will control myself here so it's this expression especially when it comes to others uh, and that's something I, I'm just a, a religious I'm not saying you have a religious spirit but there's pride in us and all of us that a religious spirit always is looking at what others think and how we affect others. They're able to control that or, or, or perform in a way for others because that's that's validating and it's also less messy. So I just do the right thing there. But in the hidden places, the reason she's able to have a piece of toast or not be able to, she can't resist it, is because she's alone with herself. <laughs> you are with yourself and with your feelings, and you, there's a sense of, I deserve it, I'm okay, I don't need to, because there's, I think there's an imbalance, because you have such an ability to serve everyone else, and, you know, it's like the, the, the just spiritual, uh, I always say there's spiritual works, and then there's works of the spirit. I can be really busy doing spiritual works. I'm really good at spiritual works. But I can't seem to do that work on myself. Thank God, because if you could, you'd have no need for Christ. You'd have no need for Christ, Jennifer. <laughs> you would, because you'd be all right with people, and you'd be all right with yourself. But this is where God's saying, hey, there's something in you 
you're so kind to others. You're so willing to stretch yourself for others. But when it comes to me and just you and me and the hidden places, you don't trust me. You don't want, you don't, you don't really want me. You want comfort. You don't really, you don't really want me as much as you want the approval of others or this outward place to be in control. Um, I hope you hear that in the most grateful heart because it is easier for us to manage our behavior with others because it's kind of readable, we can measure it, but in the quiet of our heart when we're just us, just me, there's too much that I can do hidden and that's why Jesus would say, oh, you whitewashed tombs. <laughs> you look good on the outside, but inside there's, there's stuff going on. So I would say to Jennifer to just um, confess that to God that I really, when I'm alone with just you, God, and I don't, I don't want you to work on me. Like I'm willing to do the work of others, of other living, of being others focused. But when it comes to the work you want in me, the obedience, the discipline to say no because you know you don't need the third piece of toast. Uh, I think there's just some rebellion there to go, no, I'm fine. Or just also a, a spirit of passivity and numbness because you're so busy pouring out to others too or that you would care so much about your acts that like James, James would always say, you know, show me your faith and I'll show you my works. But when your works are not rooted from faith, then it just goes nowhere. And God loves you too much to let you keep running a race that you cannot win. So it's a day of reckoning. Now you get to rumble those feelings out. There's something about the ability to give to others and to control with others that you can't, um, that you just don't feel for yourself. All right. I'm sure that I'm just scraping the surface on that one. We could probably do an entire clean eating challenge on how we love ourselves and how we love others. Because we, we just run one way or the other. We're all about others and we die to ourselves and just shrink back and medicate ourselves. Or we're all about ourselves and forget others. <laughs> just roll, We just mow right over them if they get in our way. Last question, how do you handle with grace all the unhealthy food that is served at church? How do you handle all the unhealthy food that is served at church? Well, first of all, friends, welcome to this community where we just pray. We want to pray. We want to see a really cool shift in the church, not to become these legalistic people that think we're better because we eat better, but that we offer better and that we, uh, we show that there's still good things in what God has created, I bet so, uh, Bobby. I bless you as a pastor. It is a struggle. Uh, I think really it comes down to, as from a church, I hope there's just some options. Even, even if it's just, here's the fruit tray <laughs> that probably gets more overlooked than the... Um, the donuts, but I think a lot of it has to go. I pray for our church leaders. There are things I, there are um, walls and boundaries that I will not move that are meant to be moved by our church leaders, by the the um, men and women that are given that place, uh, and it has to be done to them first. So I think God is really pursuing and going after the heart of leaders. 
Uh, and then, again, it goes back to our hearts not becoming so prideful that we demand something from people that are needing healing themselves, that we always say, hey, it's not about the food, but what is wanting the donut really bring up for you? Are you willing to take that to Christ? <laughs> are you willing to take whether you eat or drink, First uh, Corinthians 10.31, are you all really willing to take this to Christ? Are we all willing to take this as a church? Um, and letting him wrestle with, with our emotions and our feelings behind why we do what we do. But as far as when you show up to events, please just be kind to people. Don't judge food. Don't become the food snob. People are doing the very best that they can, and I believe that. Let's believe be people that just believe people are doing the best they can. Churches are, probably, are doing the best they can given a budget. Everyone's doing, I think, the best they can. Um, and if we get to bring something to the event, bring the best that you can. Right? I can't afford to bring sushi for everyone, but I can't afford to bring the fruit platter or make a salad or do something a little different. You have to be unoffendable and lovable. You're not going to be offended because somebody didn't, isn't eating the way you're eating, and you're going to love people and just let them see the difference in you. It's like when Daniel took the fast. He didn't have to boast about it. He just said, hey, you're going to see something different in us as I fast. You're, just give us 30 days and watch the difference between us and the Babylonians. Watch the difference. And it was that it was they was they were able to see it, right? The king, the king's people were able to see it, and they also saw that Daniel was receiving favor and wisdom from God. That they're like, well, we're definitely going to do what you're doing. So just be the light. Just be the lighthouse. Don't get Watch out. Satan wants to divide us in the church. He wants you to become the person that goes, we should have better food. Just if given an opportunity to say so, say so. If not, then come with something to bring to that thing of your own. And if that's not the place either, if you choose not to have any because you've said, you know what, I just already ate, great. Keep your countenance up. Love people. Don't become that where you're staring at their plate and judging them based on what they eat. It's a work um, of the spirit. Talk about spiritual working, right? There's, there's spiritual work that I can do or a work of the spirit. It's gonna, a work of the spirit is happening on you. That's what this clean hearting challenge is about. Work of the spirit is happening in you, and now let that rest upon you, and it will infect others. It will influence others. Just give it time and be praying. I do feel like God really has been driving to me that some of these things will only be driven out through prayer. The stronghold that churches feel in terms of needing to provide to the people things that probably aren't the best for them because they're afraid of what the people will think, right? There's a lot of fear there. Um, Some of these things will only be driven out through prayer. Uh, When the bride of Christ, when the church gets free of fear, fear of man, and fear which causes religion, we will be the revolution that God has created us to be. And I think we're in a time where there is this revelation and revolution, that we're hearing God in a new way, in a fresh way, that he's doing revival, breaking off chains of religion, breaking off chains of passivity, where we just eat whatever we want and do whatever we want, where we're destroying our freedom by whatever we want, right? 
we've, we see the church is coming out of an era. I think it's interesting. The church was in a time when I was growing up, which was very religious, right? You just, you just did those rules. And we're hidden behind whitewashed tombs. Inside, we've got all types of darkness going on. I feel God is shifting now to a time where things are more free. But now I also see this other thing happen where people are catching or are like, well, I'm free in Christ. I can drink alcohol and have sexual exploration. Like, we're moving to this other side. (laughs) So we have to be very careful. And that's all this clean hearting challenge is about. Whether you obsess about your body or neglect, whether you use food to comfort or control, whether you have a religious tendency or I get to do whatever I want because I'm free in Christ, we will find ourselves uh, unhealthy and diseased where if I just stay in a work of the Spirit, that I let the Spirit work in me, I let the Spirit tell me what I should eat or what I should drink and give me the grace for when I don't want to do it, then we're in a complete radically shift, a radical shift of the church. I want to see that. The narrow way. So welcome. This is the world's longest conference call. And I hope for those of you that are here for the 44 that are left, <laughs> well done. And I have no idea how many people are on the conference call. Um, but thanks for listening. I hope it blessed your day. Did you guys have any more questions uh, on the conference call? If there's any questions on the conference call, you can. I'll give you a couple more minutes for that. But we got a lot done today. Carissa, if you guys have any questions, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to add that um, for the family thing, we I, we always tell our kids they can eat as much of God's candy as they want. Oh, I love that. Could you guys see that on Periscope? That she tells her kids that they can eat as much of God's candy as they want. That's awesome. That's a great framing. Thank you. I love yeah. I'm, I'm going to use that today. Thank you. <laughs> so good. Any other questions? All right. You guys are doing a fantastic job with clean hearting. I'm so glad. You know that saying that says sorry, not sorry? I'm so sorry it's hard and I'm not sorry it's hard. This is what you were created for. You're created for the hard stuff. All right. Let me pray for everyone and get on our way and I'd love to pray. uh, I'm going to pray a couple, I think, of themes of this fear and intimidation that we might have too about some of these healthy changes kind of writing our script of our whole life and we're already putting our battle plan together for how hard it's going to be. And <laughs> I think we all need to just rip, rip it. It's a good, it's a good place he has us in and good is coming more good. So God, we thank you so much, Father, how your love, Lord, it just swallows up all our fears. God, and, and, and the things that we make it about, God, we just come to you, Lord. I pray you continue to take the veil off of our eyes that distracts us, that shrouds us from seeing your glory, your beauty, your majesty, God. We're here 
We are here to serve you, God, and not to be served, Lord. I pray that you give us a healthy heart for how we serve, God. I pray that you would um, awaken us to how we don't even sometimes serve our own mind and soul well, God. I pray you would help us to know where we're pushing you off into the corners, saying you can't have this, or that you're not or that you're not there, God, and we just know that you are. So, God, I pray for our families, and we just pray, pray, I pray, God, for each year that hears this, that our families are yours. We know that. We say it. We believe it, that you're doing a fresh work in our families, God. Nothing that the generations past have had, that it's happening now, Father, that you wouldn't give us that desire to see an army rising up if that isn't exactly what you're doing. God, I just commend all of us as husbands, wives, mothers, and fathers, Lord, that we would um, wield our, our weapons well of the shield, of the spirit, and, and the, the word of truth, God, that we would bring it into our homes and keep our homes as healthy and viable and filled with life and joy, God, that our homes are so alive that we don't need um, food and entertainment to distract us because we are awake and present as um and just loving one another and family and community, God. I pray that you'd help us to not fear uh, these changes or shifts that you're doing in us. We just, re- we just repent of fear, fear of what the kids will do, fear of what our husbands will say, fear of what our wives will say, God, the fear that we're just seem to be surrounded by, like there's, like there's um, arrows pointed at us on all sides, God. We just we thank you that that's a setup by you, that you would come and do the battle for us and win. God, we know you already want it. We're just grateful. God, I thank you for those that are in the thick of it right now where it's just not turning. The tide doesn't seem to be turning. God, would your grace just wash them, just sweep them off, your, off their feet, Lord, and that you give them some distance and some space to see your beauty, and that it's about you. God, we repent of making it about ourselves, our bodies, the weight, the number, the, the waistband, the jiggle, whatever we've made it about, God, we just come to you and confess. It's just small, and it's not enough for us, and we throw it down today in the name of Jesus, God, and we pick up your victory, your beauty for us, your delight in us, and, God, your strength to get us through these weaker times. We're just grateful for who you are and what you're doing. We accept it by grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Thank you. Have a wonderful week. I'll see you next week. You can email your questions. You know where to do that because you guys get the emails. So send them out. Tomorrow, day 17, right? Today's, today's the 16th, I think. I have no idea. Have a great day, and I'll talk to you guys later. Bye, conference call. See you later.